Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. So this Christmas season, have you really considered what it means to know that the king has come into this world? We're going to be talking about that today and some other things on True Tuesday. So if you have been born and raised in the United States like I have, I'm going to make a guess that you have probably never lived in a traditional monarchy with a king, with a queen, with those traditional figures, or even that you might have grown up in a modern day like dictatorship type of situation. Now, if you're not born in the U.S., maybe you have. Maybe you grew up or are from a country that has a much stricter system of government that tells you what you can and cannot do. But I'm going to guess that for the most of us, we're probably used to living in more of a democracy. We're probably more used to having a voice and being able to express our opinions publicly, being able to make a lot of decisions for ourselves and basically decide for ourselves how we will live our lives and conduct ourselves within the reasonable laws of our land. However, It has not always been this way, and it can get a little strange. It can get a little strange sometimes, I think, at Christmas time, because there's a lot of things that we take for granted. For example, what does it really mean that Jesus has come into our world as a king? I mean, we know what a king is. A king is a ruler. A king sits on a throne. A king has authority. But what does that really mean to someone like me? who has grown up in a democratic system. Well, I want to explore this concept a little bit as we head towards Christmas, and I want to start in kind of an unlikely place. So follow me here. Do you remember the legend of Robin Hood? Do you remember the legend of Robin Hood? It's kind of ingrained in our culture, and it's a wonderful story. You basically have a fairly simple scenario. It's England, far in the past. And England has basically been usurped by Prince John. Prince John being the younger brother of the true king, Richard the Lionheart. You see, Richard the Lionheart has gone off to war and is currently fighting over over in another place. And they don't know when he's coming back. Has he been captured? Is he being held hostage? And in his absence, his younger brother John takes the throne and begins acting as a king. This is a terrible time for England because the people are now oppressed. Corruption reigns everywhere and there is no justice to be found. Local law enforcement type characters like we think of the evil sheriff of Nottingham collect horrifying taxes from people and basically squeeze them down to the bone for every last drop that he can get of their financial wealth. And everything is just terrible in the land. However, a hero rises up, Robin Hood. Now, Robin Hood in and of himself, you know, he robs from the rich and he gives to the poor. But along the way, his battle cry is long live King Richard. It's not so much about Robin Hood himself as it is about understanding that John is a usurper and the true hope comes from the expectation that eventually the king will return. And maybe you've seen the Disney movie of this, the old animated movie. Maybe you've seen one of the more modern adaptation. But this is the theme that if only King Richard, the Lionheart, would return, all would be set right and all would be made well for the people, for the subjects of the kingdom 
of England. Now, I want you to take yourself for a second. I want you to put yourselves, don't put yourselves in the shoes of Robin Hood. Don't put yourself in the shoes of any of the main characters. Think of yourself for a moment as a peasant in that story. Think of yourself as a peasant. You're oppressed. The world is very dark. No matter how hard you work, you can't quite keep up with the demands of taxation from the sheriff of Nottingham's you know, enforcers knocking on your door. No matter what you do, you can't get ahead. And yet you know deep down inside of you that if only the king were to return, all would be set right. You see, this is a fantastic analogy for what life is like before Jesus. And this is literally what life was like for the people of Israel in the times before Christ came. I want to go ahead and read a scripture now. In the spirit of Christmas, we're going to look at a part of the Christmas story. I want us to look at Luke, the first chapter. We're going to read just three verses. And the context of these three verses are the, this is the angel Gabriel telling Mary what is going to be happening and who Jesus is going to be. He's, he's shown up in her room. She is amazed to be in the presence of an angel. And these are the words, some of the words he speaks to her. Let's read together. Verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Now, here we go. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus is the hero king returned home to set things right. You see, before Jesus came, the nation of Israel, read the Old Testament, years and generation upon generation of plight, oppression, exile, horrible things had happened, but they always looked forward to the coming of the king. As they as they carried out the rituals that were ordained in the Old Testament, the sacrifices, the offerings that were made to atone for their sins, they looked forward to the coming of the king, and that was embodied in the coming of Jesus. And yet Jesus came to bring something even greater than was expected, not an earthly kingdom, not something set up here that eventually would fade away, but he came to bring an eternal kingdom. And he came to pay the final price to end the need for sacrifice, to end sin on that cross for all those who accept him and follow him. He came, everyone, to reconcile us to God. He is the hero king in flesh. I want us to think about another thing. This is also what life looks like before Jesus. Dark hopeless, empty. And yet when Jesus comes in, when we ask him in, when we choose to follow him, when we are baptized into him, that hero king comes in and sets us right. It is an amazing thing, the gift that Jesus has given us and the hero king has come. I want to leave you with one illustration before I go.
Because during Christmas time, you know, there's a lot of things that we, we do. There's a lot of great things that we have. There's a lot of enjoyable experiences to be had. But truly, this is a time to recognize the presence and the realness of Jesus in our lives and, and what he has done. When I was younger, we always set up a Christmas tree every year like so many of us do. You probably have your Christmas tree set up in your living room right now. Maybe you're sitting next to it watching this video. I don't know, but think of that Christmas tree for a moment. Think of the lights. Think of the beautiful ornaments and think about all that that represents. When I was a kid, we had a very special ornament and it was always placed in the dead center, front and center of our tree. And it was an ornament that depicted Santa bowing down before the manger. It depicted Santa kneeling down prostrating himself before Jesus, the true king. Now, I'm not saying you should rush out and get one of these ornaments, but I would leave you with this. Who is the true king of Christmas time? And I would just hope we would realize all the other things, Santa, ornaments, gifts, these are all good things, but the true power of Christmas is the saving power of the hero king who has come to give us a part in an eternal kingdom. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and I hope you remember who the true king is. Stay blessed, and happy Truth Tuesday.